Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. All right. Thank you, Wade. Appreciate it. And thanks for the emails. That's cool. I like you touching base with us during the week. Don't, uh, I'm sure there's lots of fun things uh, still to be learned about you, so I do appreciate it. Let's uh, get everybody in. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get going here. So, Father, thank you for your goodness. We're grateful for your love. Thank you for calling us, Father, to be your children, for giving us all the privileges of adoption. Thank you for uh, your work in our lives for the Holy Spirit. Give us uh, clarity today as we look at your uh, word. And we seek to apply these uh, elements of our salvation to our lives and think more deeply about them. Uh, Father, open our hearts and our minds to hear today and to receive your word. We're grateful for this group and uh, lead us this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. All right. So last, um, last Sunday for our small group, it was Mark Christenberry's birthday on our small group band Sunday. So we had a big cookie and some ice cream and stuff. It was very fun. And so regrettably, I don't have cake and ice cream today, but it is my wife's birthday today. So be sure to, yeah. You don't turn 40 every year, do you, honey? She went to the same high school as Wade. Yeah. All right. So if you looked at the outline, it's terribly long. We don't have nearly that much material, but it is a day full of, there's a lot today. So uh, probably this is the biggest day of discussion, but I did try to build in some questions in here. I really don't want to just talk. <laughs> I want to have some interaction with you all. So there are some points where I'll ask for your feedback and some input. We'll see how that goes. We do want to get through the material as an objective primarily, but I do want you guys to be engaged in thinking and talking back. Okay, so. We do, of course, have a mental warm-up to get you going here in a second. So here's where we are, regeneration and conversion. Okay, so we're going to talk about our effectual calling. It's the, be the beginning of the Holy Spirit moving in us, working in us, regenerating our hearts. And then conversion is this idea of faith and repentance tied together. So those two go hand in hand. So we'll talk about that today primarily, and then we'll move into the other ones you can see uh, in future weeks. Okay, we ready for this? This is particularly relevant because last week we talked about, you know, where would we go to get away from it all, right? The beach or the woods or whatever. So here we go. Ready? <laughs> Kill them both? Who said that? <laughs> yeah. Call the ranger and... Yeah. All right. You feel warmed up? Okay. All right. Here's the uh, objective today. Here's where we're going. So primarily, we're going to understand how the Spirit works in our regeneration and new birth, this idea of having a new heart and beginning a new spiritual life, right? Uh, we're going to discuss the relationship between saving faith and repentance, saving faith and repentance. We're going to talk about those things being very tightly tied together, two sides of a coin. Okay. What is saving faith? We'll talk about there's kind of common faith. You know, things that we have faith in generally, and they're saving faith, very different. So it's very specific, okay? And then we're going to talk about works and its part in salvation. Works is going to keep coming up because I think 
you know, particularly we get to like justification and things like that, we have a, s a tendency always to think about works being something that we gain merit through, that it's part of our salvation. We may not think that overtly, but I think it creeps in at times. We want to think about how we contribute to it, right? What are we doing well <laughs> that's making this go good for us or whatever? So we'll talk about it today in relation to regeneration and just know that it comes up <laughs> you know, at several points during the discussion in future weeks. Okay, so remember this. So again, the top of the list, this is where we're going to talk about effectual calling. Holy Spirit calls you into union with Christ, regeneration, and then conversion, this idea of faith and repentance. All right, so before we get going, I'd be curious to know if anybody has, I don't know, read this, been taught this, thinks of it this way, but we can divide the events in our salvation into two primary buckets, you know, kind of two categories. Why would we do that? Well, I think it does help us think about the events. There are some events that are a little bit different compared to others, okay? So maybe this helps a little bit. So there's two buckets, basically, objective and subjective salvation. Okay, so objective salvation is this idea that these events are really, they're not about the heart or things going on inside of us. They're external, okay? You might say, well, <laughs> my salvation is all about my heart, isn't it? It is, but there are parts of this that are not um, internal to us. And so the primary examples are justification and adoption. We talk about these as being a status change. So justification and adoption, you go from you know, guilty to not guilty or guilty to righteous outside of God's family to in God's family. They're, it's like a membership. <laughs> you're in or you're out. For mathematicians, it's binary. It's a one or a zero. I was waiting to see who would be interested in that. Nobody. Absolutely <laughs> nobody wants to talk about this in terms of mathematics. Okay. So we, we are or we aren't. Steve. Oh, yeah, Steve. You would appreciate it. Thank you. All right. I got, I got one fan back there. All right. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about justification and adoption actually next week. So we'll go, go there to objective salvation. Today, subjective salvation. Okay? So these are the things that really are all about the heart. These are things that produce a profound change in us, right? Uh, these are about things that are going on inside of us. They are internal. So regeneration and, and new birth, you'd expect that is a profound change in us, right? Sanctification is another one. This moment in time when we're sanctified and then a lifetime of being sanctified and pursuing holiness. So those things are subjective, okay? And again, it's only important because it helps us kind of parse out these events and talk about them in context. So an example from 1 Corinthians, Paul's talking here about how he labored even more than all of them. This is, uh, by the grace, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God within me. So there's a change in his ministry. What we'll, one thing we'll talk about is that when, we are, uh, when our heart is regenerated, we have a new desire and a new ability to serve God. So in terms of Paul's ministry, Right? There's a change here. He's working harder than everybody else, and he knows it's not me. I'm not the one doing this. This is by the grace of God. Okay? So an internal change, something that is about his heart and something that is producing a profound change. All right, so last week we talked about the timeline, right? We're elected by God before the foundation of the world. And we talked about how, we're, uh, how Jesus, right, his blood redeems us, our... Um, 
salvation is uh, achieved, right? And then we said, hey, there's a point in our time, time in our lives then that we're called into union by Christ, uh, with Christ by the Holy Spirit and prepared for this eternal fellowship with God. So what, what other... <laughs> I'm not sure we all walk around saying, well, you know, I was effectually called, you know. We, we probably use other phrases. So, so I put a few on here. What, what else would you say? I, I put things like, hey, when this happened, I had a heart change. I came alive in Christ, or this is a point where I was quickened. I've heard people say that, or when I first believed. What other, what other phrases would we use to describe this? Born again. Born again, great. Yep. Became a child of God. Okay. Yep. My eyes were open. Yeah, good. Great. Yep, good. Saved. saved. Yeah, saved. Good. Converted. Converted. Yep, good. Yeah, we'll talk about conversion today. That's a common phrase or word we use. Blown off a horse. Blown off a horse. <laughs> Blown off a horse. Wade, you need to get to know this guy, <laughs> and he needs to be featured in the next, uh, yeah, blown off a horse. All right. So there's a variety of ways we talk about it, right? This effectual calling. Again, it's this, that's the proper, maybe doctrinal term. I don't know that we necessarily speak of it in those terms. All right. So just to get, get reoriented on the calling and its place and its timing from Romans 8. Uh, and these whom he predestined, again, before the foundation of the world, he also called. So there's the calling. It's, it's specifically that phrase. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So there's the timeline, right? First comes the calling. This is the first thing that happens in all of these events of salvation we're going to talk about. Okay, so let's get your thoughts here. So in terms of regeneration and new birth, we're going to talk about what happens when the Spirit calls us into fellowship with Christ. So what happens, maybe from your own perspective, your own experiences, your own calling, what happens? Uh, you see your sin. Okay, yeah, your sin becomes clear. Suddenly it comes into perspective. Yeah, good. You recognize it as sin. Yep. For me, it was hearing the gospel and knowing yeah. that it was the truth. Okay. Yeah, so, again, this, this ability, the desire and ability to serve God, <clears throat> and we're going to see uh, quite a bit of language around seeing the kingdom, seeing the kingdom. So, amazing, maybe, maybe in all cases, I don't know this to be true, but how many of you would say that when you came alive, when you were called, the Word of God was part of that? It was clearer, it was, yeah. Okay, so God spoke to you through the Word. David? Okay, right, good. There's that guilt being released. Yeah, good. Very good. A new dimension was opened up. A new dimension was opened up. So you could like see world. and perceive and, yeah, okay. Yeah, good. And that comes to the word, I think, too. The word right, is suddenly yeah. speaking to you yeah, in ways that, <clears throat> yeah. Before you, but it wasn't. Awesome. <clears throat> yep, good. It's like what you said about um, different trees being revealed. Yeah. Maybe things that you read for years that kind of you were like, yeah, okay, <clears throat> and suddenly, okay, yeah, good, thank you. <clears throat> ah, yeah, 
Again, that's that desire and ability. The desire is there to serve, to do, to do works, to read, to have disciplines, right? Yeah, there's typically a hunger that goes with that that's, yeah. Ah, with other believers? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, so we call it um, horizontal relationships, the relationship of believers. We can't love each other until, truly love each other until our hearts are regenerated. But when that happens, there is a desire to be with other believers and have fellowship. Yeah, very good, okay? All right, well, let me run through these. All those are 100% true. This is a basic list just to get us oriented, okay? So again, what happens? He gives us a new life, new spiritual life, a new heart. This is the beginning, the beginning of a lifetime. This is, again, our sanctification, growing in holiness over time, you know. We're free from the bondage of sin. I think I talked about that last week. We go from being slaves to sin to free from the bondage of sin. Sin is still there. We're still dealing with it. Again, this is part of our challenge in sanctification to deal with that. Uh, but we, the bonds of, of sin are broken. New desire and ability to serve God, as we said. And then we receive a qualification for entering the kingdom of God, right? So this is an absolute. Without the regenerated heart, without this calling, right, heaven is not available to us, right? Okay, so from Colossians 3, the idea of laying aside the old self and its evil practices and putting on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge. So this isn't, a boot, this isn't a bootstrap moment where you just, oh, I'm going to put off that old self and put, on that, put, on that old, put off that old self and put on that new self. It's not that. It, this is a, an ability. You now can do this. And you have a desire to do it. Set aside the old man. Right? Walk out in righteousness. Put on the new. Okay? This is a, something that we gain through uh, the calling. Uh, from Ephesians 2. Again, good works, the desire and ability were created in Christ Jesus to go do these things. God prepared them for us beforehand so that we'd walk in them, right? So now we can, and now we want to. Now there's a desire to serve and go do these. John 3, 5, um, again, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this Holy Spirit calling us and cleansing and purifying us as with washing of water has to happen to enter the kingdom of God. And I'll warn you now, John 3, 5 and John 3, 3, we're going to wear these verses out today because there's a lot of things we're going to talk about that just keep circling back to those two very simple uh, common verses, okay? Oops. Yeah, okay. Nope, we missed that one. From yeah, well, we did that one, John 3. Sorry. Okay, so we need a new heart. Why do we need a new heart? What's wrong with the one we got? I kind of like my heart, <laughs> you know? <laughs> In fact, we do kind of like our heart in our former self. So why? We're dead. We're dead. Yeah, we're dead. We're hopeless, literally. What else? Our hearts are desperately wicked. Ooh, you picked off my verse, Craig. <laughs> you picked it off. Yes, desperately wicked, right? Okay. That seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Our hearts are deceitful and desperately sick. And unless God does something with, uh, with us, unless we have this work of grace, we can only do evil, in fact, right? And again, we said it's a, it's a criteria for entering the kingdom of God. So from Jeremiah 17, yeah, straight out, heart is more deceitful than all else, desperately sick. Who can understand it? Rhetorical question, we can't. Matthew 12 
So in speaking to Pharisees, right? How, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart, the heart. Heart's the root of it. If your heart is full of garbage, we can't even, when we're wicked, desperately sick, we can't even speak truth, good things. You know, everything that comes out of our mouth is based on our condition of our heart. We have to have that renewed and regenerated, right? And from John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this goes back to the discussion around the word of God. A little different to... Uh, see it. So the perception, the understanding, reading the word and making sense of it, connecting the dots. The spirit, again, the spirit is revealing to us truth and convincing us constantly. I think in our sinful fallen selves and our minds, we're, we're constantly maybe doubting or challenging the word of God. Is that really true? Do I really believe that? People will talk and like put doubts in your mind, right? It's constantly going on in your head. And so the Spirit is there dwelling in us, convincing you of truth. You know, you may not, you know, maybe you sense that. You sense the Spirit is pushing you in direction or helping you uh, to see truth and overcome that which is not. But it, it's seeing through the Word, through other people preaching, right, through things you may read in books, but seeing truth and seeing the kingdom of God. All right. Okay, just... Uh, a quick point, you guys may get this, may be obvious, but really this is not about us. This is all about God doing a work. So a couple of quick Old Testament, New Testament references that point to regeneration and to God's sovereignty in it, right? This is not something we can do ourselves. So we have circumcising the hearts of the people in the Old Testament, and we'll talk about man's righteousness not being sufficient to enter the kingdom of heaven as an example in the New Testament. And then the encounter with Nicodemus, which is, hey, you know, challenging the new birth. How can I, <laughs> how can I do this? How can I be reborn? You know, but it is the key. Um, and again, we don't do it. It's God's sovereignty. So here from Deuteronomy 30, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, so that you may live. We can't even, we don't even, we can't love God. We can't love each other. You know, this is something that we in, in a true sense, is something that God can only provide. So it's talked about here in terms of circumcision, cutting away flesh, removing something from the heart. Again, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? not, not ours on our own. And this one's interesting from Matthew 5. So, for I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So if, you're talk, if somebody tells you that, hey, you've got to be better than the, than the highest, most respected religious leaders of your day, whoever that is, think of somebody, you need to be better than that. And you're thinking, oh man, how can I do that? How am I going to get there? You know, the answer is we can't, it's hopeless, right? It leaves you begging for how am I going to do that? Well, we, again, we don't, it's the spirit. We can't do it. And back to John 3, 5. So unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And I love it's the spirit, obviously, but this idea of the water and the cleansing and the purification that we need right, that happens. Again, this is breaking the bonds of sin, breaking us free from slavery to it. This is that purification that comes. Okay? All right, so the work of the Holy Spirit in this is a bit, is a bit of a mystery. It's not like people who are called suddenly have some kind of a mark. You know, a little gold star appears above your head, you know, ah, he was called. You know, we don't know. So, um, 
So regeneration is, is an act of the Holy Spirit. You can't give birth to yourself, obviously. We're passive in this. So what is the evidence? What is the evidence? There is evidence. There are, there are things we can see and look for and perceive, right? So what would you say would be evidence? Give me some thoughts. Repentance. Oh, repentance. Yeah. Living a, a life of repentance as opposed to a life of practicing sin. Good. Excellent. What else? Okay. You guys have been reading the notes. Faith and trust. Yes. Real faith. Saving faith. A real trust. Good. Good, good, good. Yes. Yes. Good. Really good. So conduct, no doubt. Conduct. How we how we do what we do, how we behave. Will we slip around a little bit? Yeah. But there should be a difference. A difference in our conduct. How we carry ourselves, how we think about things, how we respond to things, right? This is all how again it's how we respond to the calling. But conduct is definitely part of it. Okay, let me jump into a, just a basic list, and you guys have hit on a bunch of these. So f- uh, faith. Faith, and we'll talk about that. What is faith? What is saving faith? What is the mark of real, true saving faith? Good works, conduct, going out and doing things. Good works, I would package that up as obedience. Obedience. What does God tell us to do? Do we do those things? Are we walking out in good works, serving, you know, a variety of things? Righteousness. What is righteousness? Well, doing what is right. So righteousness has to do with, again, do you understand what God is commanding? Are you willing to do that? Or are you resisting, right? You're pushing back, <coughs> pushing back on that. Resist, <coughs> resisting temptation. So just the idea of fighting sin. Again, sin's with us. It's here. But it's the idea of not practicing a life of sin, but fighting against it. And then love. It's really the fruits of the Spirit in general as a package. But love, we hold love out as particular in that list because it's so important. So important. Okay. So we'll talk about these here. Okay. Okay, so again, just to remind you, the act, of, the act of regeneration is a mystery, is a mystery, right? Do not be amazed, I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from, where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So we don't know. The Spirit's moving mysteriously and doing these things. We're not, we don't, uh, again, can't immediately identify somebody that's been reborn. Okay, faith from Acts 4. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So the idea, we'll get to this idea of real true faith and trust in the one. It's trust in the one that can deliver your salvation. Not just believing that I'm saved, but believing in Jesus to provide that salvation. 
good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we'd walk in them from Ephesians 2. Again, this is prepared for us to go do, expected of us, and will be definitely a sign of those who are regenerate. Righteousness from 1 John. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. So again, righteousness doing what is right conduct. Resisting temptation, 1 John 3, no one who is born of God practices sin or makes a practice of sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he is born of God. So yes, sin is with us. It will be a challenge to us, right? But um, those who choose a life of repentance and constantly fighting it versus being in sin as a practice. And then love. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God from 1 John. So this is, this is particular. Again, that horizontal relationship of believers, all of us. We don't really love each other genuinely unless our hearts are regenerated, nor you know, can we love others. And I, you know, a, mark, a mark of a genuine church with genuine regenerate hearts in it, in its congregation, is a congregation that loves each other. And that love is pouring out over people, right? Evidence. Again, we, we can have evidence of this. And then the other fruits of the Spirit, equally important. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all these things from Galatians 5. Conduct, behavior, we can see these kind of things in people. To sum it up again, obedience. It's really about a package of obedience as evidence. Questions on that before I move on to the next thought? Okay, okay so just another pit stop to make sure we're clear on this. Regeneration is the cause of faith. You may hear people say, hey, believe in Jesus and you'll be reborn. I, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Maybe. I don't, if I did, I probably didn't put it in context and understand the implications of it. Maybe you've heard something like that. All you have to do is believe first and then you'll be reborn. And that is not, that's not accurate. It's, it's backwards, right? So this new birth enables you to see the kingdom, as we said. You understand. We faithfully hear the word of God because of the regeneration, and that puts everything else in motion, okay? It's a spiritual life. It's a process. It, this is the beginning. We gain deeper understanding. How many of you would say at whatever age you are, you're still learning new things as you read the Word or new perspectives or gaining new insights, right? It's a lifetime, and that's what we'll talk about um, in coming weeks. We'll get to sanctification, I think, in two weeks, and that's this lifetime process. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought it was possible, but I honestly, again, I I wouldn't have understood the implications. Yeah. So the idea is, it's not a bootstrap moment. Again, it's not. Hey, I just got to believe as hard as I possibly can, and then I'm going to be reborn. The spirit moves. We're reborn. The heart's regenerated. Then faith flows. Yeah. You know, when there's like an altar call, your heart's yeah. already been moved. Yeah. You know, you've already been received. But you go up forward, yep. and you think you are choosing. You're actually acknowledging that you have been chosen. Yeah, good. And it, it happens in a variety of ways. So I can, I can point to things in my life that were very stark. I would say I was a marginal believer without a regenerate heart for years. And I would say at a point in my life, as a young adult, this, this occurred. God called me. I, the Spirit, you know, and my heart changed, and I, everything changed, right? Again, not... Not solid gold right off the bat. It's a lifetime a process of growing. But um, altar call, things like that, sure, it can definitely happen in that context, yeah.
Okay. No. Yeah, there's scriptural. Yeah, well, they're linked for sure. They're absolutely that is that is true standing on its own. It gets to the order of how yeah. does that? Okay. Yeah, right. See. Right. Yes. Right. That's why I think this is important to understand the big picture. Again, I don't want people to ever think this is just about me and my behavior and I can do so many good things and I can pull myself up by my bootstraps and do it myself. We don't. We don't. Is it true that saving faith is necessary? Yes, it is. But understand it's a, it's a package of things happening in our regeneration. Without that heart, when we get to Judas, without that heart, Right, you can fake it all day long. So, yeah, you just had Silas. No, okay, okay. So back to John three three. Right, clearly rebirth comes before faith. This is trying to say, in context, you know, you cannot uh, see the kingdom of God until you're born again. Okay, so let's get there quickly then. Saving faith. <laughs> We have things like general faith, common faith. I know when I get out of bed in the morning and I swing my feet around, hit the floor, boom, the floor's going to be there. I know when I get up and walk across the room, gravity's going to keep me down on the ground. I hope it does, right? I have some general faith, but it's not saving faith. So what is saving faith? What would you, what would you say? Or should I just jump in? <laughs> faith in your salvation. Okay. Okay. Faith in your salvation. Yes, faith in the one that provides your salvation. Yes, all right. So, again, it's a couple things. Faith in Jesus Christ as both Savior and Lord. He's the one that provides your salvation, the one. Okay, trusting in Him, not just knowing that I'm saved, but, know, but trusting in Him to provide that salvation. And also, uh, faith in him is Lord. So what does that mean? Well, he's, he's the authority. He is Lord in the sense that um, obedience to his word okay, is necessary. So you can't say, hey, uh, I trust that Christ saved me, but I refuse to follow him. <clears throat> right? Or the other way around. I, oh, I love the word. I, I read it all the time and I do everything in there. I say, but I'm not really sure Jesus is the one you know, that's providing all this. Okay. That's not equivalent. Those don't go together. They can't exist. Okay? And so they say, hey, there's three essential elements of faith. And we all kind of grow through this a little bit. One is knowledge. That is God exists. I know he's out there. There's revelation about him. I know that there's the word. There's belief. Okay, now I say, yeah, everything in the word. I, I agree with it. Right? I believe this stuff that's in God's word. And then there's this element of trust. And trust is the key piece of this. Trust is, again, I believe in Jesus to save me. I believe that his name has power. And that name, right? He's the, he's the one that provides it. And I base my thoughts, actions, and behaviors on my knowledge and belief about God. That's the obedience piece. That's the obedience piece. So two parts. 
You have to have faith in Jesus as both Savior and Lord. You have to trust and you have to obey. Does that make sense? A lot of words on the page to kind of get to that simple concept. All right, Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And what's the reward? Salvation. John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Again, not faith that I'm saved, but in the one who provides it. Okay, this is kind of helpful, I thought, from frame. Satan believes quite a lot of God's revelation, maybe all of it. But he doesn't allow his knowledge of God's word to govern his thoughts, actions, and behaviors. If he did, he would plead for God's mercy and ask for forgiveness. But he doesn't do that. In other words, he doesn't trust in God. So what Frame would say is that even the demons <clears throat> have most of what's here except trust, that last piece, the essential element of trusting in Jesus to provide our salvation. <clears throat> okay. okay, well, quickly, just for good works, <clears throat> good works are evidence of regeneration. Again, if you're looking for evidence, good works are a great thing to look for. Saving faith is essential for good works. You don't have the desire or the ability or you don't want to go do this stuff. <laughs> Right, without that regenerate heart and true faith. Faith produces the good works, not the other way around. Your good works aren't going to produce your faith. Running around doing stuff isn't going to get you faith. And good works flow out of this union with Christ. Again, it comes from the calling in the beginning. Oops. So, yeah, Galatians 2, um, even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. James 2, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. Faith without works is dead. So the works are necessary. They're a key piece of, again, the evidence. And we will always find those in concert with true faith, good works. Ephesians 2, we are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for the good works, which God prepared beforehand that we'd walk in them. Right. All right. Let's talk about repentance. So what part does repentance play in our regeneration? And we're running out of time, so I love your answers, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> okay? We'll skip right over your, your feedback. Sorry. What does repentance, what part does repentance play? Okay, so saving faith and repentance are inseparable. Inseparable. Two sides of a coin. We turn, when we are regenerated, when we have a new heart, we turn from sin to Christ. From sin to Christ. Okay? That is conversion. That's how we talk about conversion, turning from sin to Christ. You can't accept Christ as Savior without accepting His Lord. We said that. You can't say, yeah, I think He saved me, but I'm sure not going to follow Him. Can't, that doesn't work. <clears throat> to trust Jesus for forgiveness is to repent of sin, another way of saying that. And as regeneration begins this life of faith, it also begins a life of repentance. Again, it's in our sanctification, this is going to be a lifetime event. We're not going to have one moment of repentance that go, boom, I'm repented, all good, carry on. It doesn't work that way. Repentance will be a lifestyle for us, you know, going forward as we're sanctified. Okay. Just a little, def or, uh, yeah, a little definition at the end to finish up repentance. What is, what is repentance? Well, it's a heartfelt sorrow for sin or renouncing of it and a sincere commitment to forsake it and walk in obedience to Christ. There's the obedience piece. 
But again, walking in obedience. We'll talk about that in sanctification here in a couple weeks. <clears throat> what does that mean? We're sanctified in the moment, but our, it's a lifetime of living this out. And what does that look like? Okay. Okay, quickly. So application. <laughs> really just some key thoughts from today. So here's what we talked about. A new heart's required because we're wicked. We are wicked. God gives us, a new, gives us new birth and regeneration while he calls us into union with Christ. There will be evidence of this change in us, saving faith, good works, repentance, obedience, others. Saving faith consists of knowledge, belief, and most importantly, trust as a key element. And repentance and faith are inseparable. Two sides of a coin. Jesus is both Savior and Lord. Okay, now your thoughts, application. Just a few minutes left. Jasmine. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll talk about apostasy. We have to deal with apostasy. Hypocrisy. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Against hypocrisy. Yes. Yes. So in other words, say, saying one thing and doing something totally different, is, is repentance a safeguard against that? I would say, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Good, good, good. Silas? I think the thing back to the conversation earlier, like it's just the uh, believing to be saved. I think we can and should call people to believe yes. to be saved. Yes. So I think the important point was that the, unless you're born again, you can't believe. Right. Yeah, so. But we still should call people to believe. Great point. And let's not, that's right, great point. And let's not walk away thinking that we're hopeless in this. If you, if you desire, right? Pray for the Holy Spirit to move in your life and to call you, right? How many people do we work with, deal with every day? They are actually elect. They are actually, right? Christ died for them. They just haven't been called yet. It happens at all stages of life. Should we be praying for that if it hasn't happened? Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. Don't, I don't mean to imply that we're hands off, hopeless, waiting around for that day. We should be actively seeking that. Yeah, for sure. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to call it exactly, but I would say that's who I was 20 years ago. I don't know. At a point in time, I kind of knew I had a faith. I had a type of faith. I had confidence. I had a sense of confidence, right, in my faith. And I lived it out in certain limited ways. But until that calling occurred and the Spirit really grabbed a hold of me and changed my heart, I was living a type of faith. But it wasn't a true saving faith, I don't believe. I don't know what to call that. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it's it's an immature it's just an immature faith you're living out as best you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That makes sense. I like that. There was a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Faith and childlike faith where you can say, 
I believe what my friend is telling me. Yes. I believe that this is true. Yep. And then the Lord opens your heart to understand what it truly means for you. Yes. And I think that there's a call there, or there, there's definitely a moment where the Spirit is working, and yet you do not fully understand the implications for you. Agreed. Good. And then you're yep. part of it. Yeah, I mean, your kids are a fantastic example of that. Many of our children are getting it in a sense. They have a faith. It's somewhat weak. It's not fully matured, and they, maybe they haven't been called yet, but they're living out in obedience the best they can based on what we're teaching them. Yeah. It's, I think there's people that accept Jesus as their Savior, but they, they don't really understand what you need to be that Lord. Okay. So that, right, that qua- equation isn't complete yet. That's right. Yeah. Okay. There's no day-to-day obedience. Okay. Good. Well, it would do as well when they see you can do this. Yeah. Just not you yourself. I mean, first, just all, all this stuff is about yourself. You're the only one you can really know. When you're looking at other people, if you see something that is the kingdom of God, because they cannot say Jesus is Lord, they cannot say something good is Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. He finishes everything he begins. And if we would, would look at it that That's way true. instead of antagonizing and, and, and despairing or discouragement, we're going to work hard for our children yep. because they're because we believe God is finishing what he's going to do. It's Good. hard work. Yep. But we're not going to do it. You're going to cry. There's a lot of weeds to pull. But you should know he's yeah. going to finish yes. what he's begun. Good. That's a good encouragement for sure. All right. We're right at the mark. Two seconds over. Thank you guys. Wade, will you want to pray and finish us up here? Sure. Okay. Thank you for listening to Truth in Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, this is truth to live by.